0: Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so happy that you're here with us. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're so glad that you're with us. We are having a conversation today that is something that probably is on a lot of people's minds and hearts, and that is our relationship with social media it's complicated. It's beautiful and amazing in so many ways and difficult and arduous in other ways. And all of that, as we know, through the last couple of years of the pandemic has been just increased and heightened in many, many ways. And um, then when you add the experience of infertility on top of that, we realize that that makes our relationship with social media s- sometimes better because <laughs> we can connect with others. Like in Springs in the Desert through social media, and then sometimes worse or more difficult because we can be tempted to comparison things like that. So, we wanted to just kind of break open this conversation. And today I'm joined by Anne and Cassandra once again. And so happy to be with you too. And Cassandra does all the beautiful social media images and quotes and writes a lot of the content that you see for Springs in the Desert. So we thought that she would be a great person to kind of just share some of her thoughts on social media. I know you've done a lot of thinking about it, Cassandra, and just kind of walk us through like some of this discussion, especially about infertility when it comes to social media. So take it away.
1: Thanks, Allie. Yeah, I just thought that a good place to start might be if we just kind of say, because I know that we've all kind of gone through phases with our own personal social media use. I know for a while I was completely off Facebook. That was during, like, the last election. It was just too much. I I just kind of had to recognize that it was just, like, negatively affecting me, you know, to be on Facebook. But that kind of the flip side of that was that I was probably spending more, of like, personal time on Instagram, which is also not great all the time like we're going to talk about their serious pitfalls to Instagram and just kind of we're taking in all the time this kind of like curated life you know other people are you know and we all show just what we want to put out to the world that it doesn't necessarily reflect all the difficulties of our life so I was through this phase of just taking this huge break from Facebook And I also try and limit, you know, my own social media use during the week, like on Tuesdays and Fridays, (laughs) the Sorrowful Mystery Days. I try to like avoid, you know, looking at my personal stuff if I can. But I think it's really complicated. And as we kind of grow up with these technologies, I think their effect on us and just mentally is we're going to be finding out (laughs) more and more how it actually
2: affects us. What about you, Anne? I feel like I have a little bit of a love hate relationship with social media. And I think that's a, probably a lot of people can relate to that. I have sometimes found myself like falling down the rabbit hole of just scrolling, not so much anymore on Facebook. Facebook has become more for me the place where maybe I kind of keep track of what's going on with my friends or with my family, or if, you know, if I'm on a trip or there's something that I want to share that I'm doing. But like you, Cassandra, Instagram has become that place that is really easy to just kind of scroll. And so I find that when I really think about it, I probably lose a lot of time (laughs) because I'm just kind of mindlessly scrolling through. And I think that I also have had those times where I'm scrolling through and I get sucked into like the unreality, the artificiality of social media. And I know we're going to talk a a lot more about that um, and especially how that can impact us dealing with infertility. And I mean, it goes to so many different things, our mental and emotional health, our body image, our image of our marriages, of the way that our homes look, I mean, for these tools that are mostly about saying like where you are, what you're doing, for me, what you're drinking often, (laughs) (laughs) you know, pretty pictures of the beach, it really can be used for good in so many ways. But yeah, there are a lot of kind of pitfalls and ways that it can really drag us down if we are not careful. But I think what we're also going to talk about is how we can use social media in ways that can be a lot healthier. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to drag us down. I don't think. Allie, you, you, <laughs> I have an extreme relationship. Yeah, relationship <laughs> with social media. Yeah, yeah. So I. I don't
0: know. I guess I was in high school when Facebook like first came out. And then it was like a real thing in college. But I, I guess I probably got it then and I just had it. You know, it's just kind of like something everybody had. And then um something happened, I guess, in my twenties, where I was just like, this is bad. Nothing to do with infertility. I wasn't married yet, but I, I don't know if it was just like I'd be fine. I think it was around the time they put the news feed in. And I was like, oh, this is different, you know, this is like kind of sucking me into these different uh, comments and things that I don't need to be seeing. And anyway, I gave it up for Lent one year, which I know a lot of people do. And then I just kind of never got it back um, for a long time. Honestly, it was great in a lot of ways and <laughs> kind of frustrating in some ways because, you know, you can get forgotten because people plan parties on Facebook or, you know, people don't remember your birthday as much as they <laughs> Selfishly, you want people to remember your birthday, but I was okay with that. And I was okay with kind of being, I guess, countercultural. But then with infertility, I actually wanted to go back on Facebook because I realized there was so much support to be had there. Springs in the Desert was a part of that, but also like these Catholic support groups that exist on Facebook. I was like, oh my gosh, like, there's people that are dealing not only with infertility that are not only Catholic but dealing with like particular things that I'm dealing with and like the draw was just so great that I just really found I wanted to be on it. So I was for a few years, but then again, like these old patterns emerged and like you said, Cassandra, around elections, politics, like that's what ultimately like drove me away from it. Again, is just I recognize like I'm getting so I actually got in an argument with a friend via Facebook Messenger it was terrible. <laughs> and I know that that would never have happened if like it weren't so easy to like press enter. It was a political thing we've made up since. But anyway, I was recognizing like these are not good patterns in my life. So I, I've kind of given it up again. However, I do check my husband's Facebook for <laughs> like I checked the Springs in the Desert page through his Facebook. So I guess I am still kind of using it. So I don't know if that's really fair, but I don't like look at individual people's Mm -hmm. um, things anymore. But I found a way actually for a while I had it where I didn't have any friends. I just liked groups. (laughs) And that actually worked really well. Anyway, so I've been all over the place, uh, kind of extreme, I guess. But I definitely see what you're all saying. Like there's good and there's bad.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up those groups, Allie, because I think – Probably, I mean, you have to imagine that part of the intention for these technologies in the first place is to help bring people together. And in a way, they do work to do that. And we have people who, you know, I don't know who else they're talking to, but, you know, they're involved in these groups. And so they do have that support that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And for us as a ministry to help get, The word out there, not necessarily to promote our ministry, but to continue helping others and offering resources to other people. So there are definite pros, but the cons specifically with infertility deserve careful attention. You know, that social media is presenting us with a reality that is not necessarily the whole picture. Well, not necess- I, we know it's not the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And we were also reflecting on how when we come across a pregnancy announcement or a birth announcement on social media, it's kind of this whole new and like the human race sense that it's new to us as humans to have to deal with this amount of people And what is going on in their lives? So I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, what is your thought process? And if you want to start it off, when you see a pregnancy or birth announcement that is kind of hard for you on social media, what does that look like for you?
2: I think a lot of times it's because it can be that element of surprise. Like I'm not expecting it. I'm just looking at somebody's new puppy or, you know, where they are on their vacation. And then all of a sudden that announcement might pop up. So this is where I think we can uh, gain some control by talking to our friends. Now we may, of course, we know that on Facebook, the meaning of friend is like obliterated because if you've got, you know, five or 600 friends, I mean, sometimes I will get a notice in my newsfeed and there, the person is my friend. And I'm like, I don't know (laughs) where I met this person. And likely I didn't, but they, you know, they friend you because they've seen you on somebody else's page. So, um, so you can't always maybe control that, but if it's a close friend or a relative, you can talk to them ahead of time and say, look, if, when you get to that point, if you know that somebody is trying, especially to get pregnant, you know, you can ask them to speak to you personally first so that it doesn't just pop up by surprise on your newsfeed or for that matter in a group text. But if you can receive that information personally from that friend or that relative, I think that that helps. I think the whole thing with social media is because you're just scrolling through, it's that element of surprise that can really throw you off balance. And if there are people that, you know, you just happen to be friends with because they ended up finding you through other friends, you don't have to unfriend the world, but it's okay to mute conversations or to say, no, I don't want notifications from this person or on this particular subject. I think sometimes people think that, You know, you just have to unfriend somebody and then they feel like that's really rude, but you don't have to. You can just mute those conversations.
1: Yeah. I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually had a friend who was actually struggling with infertility for a while. And when she did get pregnant, she actually texted me first. Well, she let me know. We were speaking and having a conversation and then she let me know, over text that she was going to be announcing this. And I really appreciated that, especially because, I mean, there can be a feeling that they're already letting you know by text. So like, why do you need to be texted first? (laughs) you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I really appreciated it because it showed that she understood that it was going to be hard for me to hear that. And just kind of like that acknowledgement, not that her whole pregnancy announcement was about me, but just Mm -hmm. that extra kind of step. I really appreciated that. What do you think, Allie? Yeah,
0: I so in my experience, limited experience where I was like still have still had friends on social media. I mean, I think that it has a tremendous potential to bring us together with people. So, for a great example, is like a friend of mine who was dealing with infertility and then used social media to kind of tell people about this experience and was extremely moved by the. Response she got, and the number of people who had also been affected by, in her case, infertility and miscarriage, and were just like so supportive. I think that's like a beautiful thing that social media brings us is like, wow, like I would have never been able to just like have this much response all at once to um, something that's difficult, positive response. But then, like, you know, she also later got pregnant and like posted that. And so, for me, that was difficult because it's like the miracle was received now, and so you I ask questions like, "Well, where you know, my miracle, where's that?" The comparison game starts, mm-hmm. right? And in my case, I also was really blessed that I had like a separate conversation with her, and she was really supportive. and so that made all the difference to me, like I wasn't as impacted by the social media post because she also made a point to like be present to me separately. So I think that, yeah, there's a lot of comparison. And I know another difficulty is like we were talking about earlier with these maternity photo shoots and things that either they started because of social media or they just like grew immensely because of social media. I mean, I have to silence that kind of stuff because while I want to know that my friend is expecting, I don't necessarily need to see her glamour shots where she's wearing like the flowy pink and blue outfit or whatever it is (laughs) like. By the waterfall. And like, I don't really need to see that. Like, I kind of have to ask myself those questions like, well, do I, is this benefiting like my soul, like our friendship? Like, and if the answer is no, then like I can mute that, like you suggested, Anne, or whatever it is I need to do, because it's not actually like serving our friendship at all. So
2: that's been my experience. I love that, Allie. Those questions that you just asked is this benefiting my soul? And is it benefiting our friendship? And I would even add a third, is it, is it benefiting my marriage? Like, is this helping to feed my marriage? If I'm sitting on social media and watching things that are making me feel bad about myself, bad about, you know, the way my house looks, or, you know, thinking that I'm seeing perfect so-called marriages on Instagram or wherever it might be. And again, now I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about friends or people that we know, but especially on Instagram, those, you know, those things that pop up, you know, from other people, from influencers, whatever it might be, you know, is, is that helping my relationship with my husband? I think those are really important questions for us to ask and then make that assessment. Okay. What does it look like for me to have a healthy relationship with social media? Is this really damaging my soul, my relationship with my friend, my relationship with my husband? If so, okay, maybe I just need to cut the cord or... Maybe I need to do what Cassandra does and say, okay, there are going to be two days out of the week that I don't look, or I only look for one hour, or, you know, you don't necessarily even have to go cold turkey, but to just kind of scale it back to just for your own kind of sanity and your own emotional well being. And then think about those positive ways to use social media, like, following springs in the desert, you know, if that's, I mean, I know that just sounds like a shameless plug, but you know, and not just springs in the desert, but so many other great accounts that are religious, but also that are secular. I mean, listen, I get a kick out of watching that woman who can go and thrift and like take a sweater (laughs) and wear it five different ways. Like I watch that and you know, I'm amazed that she can do that. And it's just kind of a mindless, I can relax. I don't you know, it doesn't make me feel one way or the other.
0: Yeah. I I was just going to say too, I know Lent is a really popular time to go off of social media and I've definitely done that before. And I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's great to have, whether it's, you know, the two days a week or or during the period of Lent or whatever, if you're not ready to just like totally go off of social media Mm -hmm. or if you have reasons to be on there, like having some of that separation can just be really good for all the things that we've been talking about, all the reasons we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, I gave up Twitter for Lent one year and then I just never went back. So you just never know what's going to happen. Well, I had to go back when my account got hacked and then I had to delete it. But then I wasn't actually back and getting sucked in, you know, because I feel like so much of the time social media becomes almost like a tranquilizer. You know, it's like, I'm stressed out, like I can't deal, like life is overwhelming to me right now and the scroll, but it's like, I love those questions too. Like, is this helpful to me really? And that deserves some consideration. But besides taking those kinds of breaks and stepping back, are there other practical tips maybe that we can offer for that moment when someone is surprised By a pregnancy announcement or a birth announcement or see something that upsets them.
0: I was just going to say to one thing you just said previously about why am I scrolling? Like, just ask yourself that question before I get into the second Mm -hmm. one. Like, why am I scrolling? What is that like? I think you mentioned this, Cassandra. Like, what is that need or void in me that's running to social media when I'm bored, tired, in pain, whatever it is, right? And like, Can I redirect that like to something that's actually going to like, help? Mm -hmm. (laughs) whether that's like talking to my husband or praying or going to scripture, like whatever it is. So I think that's useful. But I think prayer, I think I go back to prayer too, even for these moments on social media when I'm getting the, you know, the beautiful maternity shoe just like right there. Ah, wasn't expecting that. Like, I think just praying, like praying in our father, whatever it is to try to refocus on God because I think social media kind of like brings us down to the very like earthly level. Mm -hmm. Again, there's good things about it, but just like appearances, right? And surface level things. So to kind of like balance that out with like, okay, you know, back to God, like something higher in our minds and hearts is a really good tool. I know that's maybe easier said than done (laughs) in the moment, but I think it can be something that could be helpful as we're grappling in that moment but also later like because those things even though we see them in a moment they can like come back in our minds later in the day like maybe bringing that to mass or adoration like going back to that moment and like just bringing it to God and and asking him to show us who we are in his eyes and how much he loves us and that it can just help us put those things in context
2: I love everything you just said, Allie. And I had two thoughts and one of them is also related to prayer. And I don't do this, but I think I'm going to start doing it. If I'm going to social media, maybe that's the time to say a prayer. Okay, Lord, I'm going to go and look on the social media for a little while. Please direct me, you know, direct my eyes and direct my thoughts as I go to check my account. Um, so, do kind of a a preemptive sort of attitude and spiritual check before you actually get on and start looking and then the other thing you mentioned, Ali, I think which was so great is about redirecting so you know when you see it, I mean you may just need to physically put the phone away you know just okay don't don't look at anything else anymore for the moment. Redirect your thoughts. That could be through prayer. That could be through maybe calling up your best friend, or if your husband is right there, you know, talking with him, you know, talking it through with him, letting him affirm you. Having some like go to affirmations written on posted notes or maybe in your journal to help remind yourself I'm a daughter of God. I have an amazing husband. I may not have the perfect everything, but what I have is so good. And I know that God loves me. You know, just kind of redirecting your thoughts, not just to distract yourself, but to like affirm those positive good things that you have to be thankful for.
1: I'm so glad you brought those things up, Anne, because I do think like an act of gratitude in that moment. I mean, for this new life you know, that's coming into the world, um, for this friendship that you have with this person, but also that you brought up writing something down in your journal because I think practicing this kind of self-awareness is helpful because some things are going to bother us whether we like to admit them to ourselves or not. It's like maybe I think gender reveals are kind of silly and that they start wildfires, but maybe seeing like someone else's husband get covered in like pink foam or whatever is still going to bother me. And like, that's okay. And you know, if you let yourself admit that to yourself, then maybe you could say like, maybe I should mute this person for a while. And I mean, that's okay. And if it's, if it's someone who's closer to you, and then maybe you just remember, like when you're feeling in a that you're in a good place, you can go and check and like like their last picture, or whatever. If you think that that's going to be important to them, that you do that. But that it is okay to admit to yourself when something's bothering you. Maybe work some stuff out through journaling or in therapy. We love to talk about therapy. But that social media is full of these pitfalls, really, that we can fall into.
0: Yeah, I think a couple sayings come to mind. I think I remember Ian saying this. I think it's from scripture. (laughs) but Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. That's a good one to keep in mind. Like if I'm tempted to compare, I'm actually like stealing away my joy, which comes from like knowing who I am in God's eyes and knowing that he loves me and he's given me so many good things. And then also my dad always used to say, don't compare your insides to other people's outsides.
1: Oh, that's a good one. So.
0: Yeah, it's true because when we compare, we think about all the things that we feel and we compare them to a a presentation of somebody else's exterior. So we're not actually seeing like the inside of what that really feels like to um, be in their life and the things that they deal with. So I don't know. I like little sayings sometimes. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And I think, I mean, it's a cliche to say the grass is always greener on the other side, but You know, it goes both ways. So we're looking at this perfect picture that's really not perfect. So there's always pain. There's always hardship. There's always difficulty on the other side of that Instagram filter, right? So they're showing us kind of this snapshot, but it doesn't mean that, that they don't have their own struggles and difficulties. There's no such thing as perfection, this side of paradise. And if those kinds of accounts that show that image of perfection are really bothersome, then we don't have to look at them. Why keep kind of torturing ourselves with that, bringing in that negativity? You know, when you're dealing with infertility, there's enough self-generated negativity, right? There's enough feeling like you're less than or the feelings of sadness or anger, jealousy, or whatever that we need to try to kind of deal with and manage why allow those things from the outside to come in. So just, you know, set those things aside and take in what is going to be beautiful and life-giving and joyful and funny. I like to watch those funny things too, Mm -hmm. you know, that just make you laugh. The animal
0: videos. Oh, yeah. Great. yeah,
2: baby ducks.
1: Definitely, yeah. definitely there right. for that. Thank you, Instagram. <laughs> okay. So, just to wrap up this conversation, I think we wanted to mention that a while ago we did a poll on Instagram about pregnancy announcements. And maybe you are a person who is not struggling with infertility yourself, but maybe you have a loved one who is and that you're just trying to gain a little bit more insight. Into their situation. So, we had some of our people share how they would like to be told, you know, in a perfect world. And a lot of people would really appreciate being given a heads up, even if you are just posting on Facebook or if it's going to be a group text anyway, taking that extra step to acknowledge that this news might be hard for the person to hear. And giving them the chance to process for a little while ahead of time, whether you tell them in a text. And one person even said they would prefer to be, to be mailed a letter so that they don't have the pressure to respond in that moment because there is a lot of pressure to respond. And even if you're part of the group text and then you have to kind of respond positively right away while you go deal with your feelings elsewhere, So those are just a couple of things to consider and just to understand that, you know, the person who is struggling with infertility may be experiencing grief of their own when they hear your pregnancy announcement that has nothing to do with their true feelings about your pregnancy and a joy about this life coming into the world.
2: I wanted to mention one more response that we got on that Instagram poll uh, just to show that social media can be used for good, mm-hmm. right? But I just thought this was so beautiful as we talk about that idea of redirecting our thoughts and of turning to prayer and also just really, you know, calling forth this beautiful generosity in our hearts. And one of the responses was every time I see an announcement, I can pray for a woman in an unexpected or crisis pregnancy. What a beautiful thought! a beautiful idea and oh my gosh, talk about just a way of being so life-giving and fruitful in that moment. Mm-hmm. I, just, I thought that was a wonderful idea.
1: I love that. Well, thank you ladies so much. I'm gonna kick it back to you, Allie, and you can
0: close us out. Yeah, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you guys for joining and for our listeners, yeah, you're not alone in any of these feelings. Reach out to us, email us, you're on social media, message us with your prayer intentions. We would just love to walk with you. And we just are here to remind you that we love you and God loves you. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. If you have a minute, please rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. Check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram. And go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and hear about more things that we have going on. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much, and so do we.